The Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, episode number 44. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple so that you can fuel your best with less. Less time, less money, and less stress. I'm Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSL Nutrition, and I'm excited to have you join me on this journey. Each week, I'll be sharing expert advice from leaders in the field of nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and supplementation who actually practice what they preach and are also on a mission to positively impact as many people as possible in a meaningful way. Today's episode is brought to you by my nutrition company, BSL Nutrition, and our all-in-one training drink called Complete Essentials. When you use the Complete Essentials, you'll no longer need pre, during, and post-workout supplements. You can save time, money, and energy, and get all the beneficial nutrients you need in one delicious, easy-to-mix drink. Make sure you guys stay tuned after the show where I'll share a nice little discount for all of our listeners on your first product purchase. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 44 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I'm your host, Ben Brown, co-founder and CEO of BSLNutrition.com, where we help you make smart nutrition simple. Today on the show, we have my friend Amy Pomensky. Amy is known as the spiritual nutritionist. She helps women who are tired of dieting to get out of nutrition overwhelm so that they can live fully, be comfortable with their bodies, and enjoy food again. As a clinical nutrition consultant and holistic health coach, she works with clients to create long-term food and lifestyle changes. Amy's approach to nutrition is realistic and balanced. Her focus is on high-quality nutrients for optimal health and performance. Amy supports clients who struggle with digestive issues, low energy, and weight loss, and she combines eating psychology coaching with holistic nutrition methods to provide a comprehensive mind-body approach to healing. Without further ado, let's jump in. Amy Pomensky, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. What's going on? Yeah, thank you for having me. I am doing really well. Thank you. So Amy, you are a spiritual nutritionist. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what that means, you know, and how you got to become a spiritual nutritionist. Yeah, so I am the spiritual nutritionist. It's a new new kind of term that I've come up with. And uh, it's really a blend of all of the different areas that I cover in my coaching and really part of my own personal journey of how I got here. And if you were to have asked me what spirituality meant, like maybe even like a year and a half ago, I would not be able to explain it to you very well. And so um, it's really, really exciting to me to be able to bring this new level of work Uh, in my own life and to my clients. So uh, I'll start with spirituality because I think everyone knows nutrition and then we'll talk about how those two blend together. Uh, But essentially spirituality is really exploring the inner world. So oftentimes we're looking for all of the answers outside of us. We're looking for the next diet. We're looking for all the answers. Um, So spirituality is about being connected, connected to ourselves and connected to a larger vision, larger picture Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be religious based, but it's really that we're all here for a purpose and that when we feel our best physically, when we feel our best emotionally, we're able to show up as our best selves and do the work that we're we're meant to do, whatever that is. Uh, You know, what's your background that you started to get into nutrition and then how is it through nutrition that you started to find and incorporate more spirituality? 
Yeah. So um, my nutrition journey started because I was experiencing really terrible digestive issues. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of functional nutritionists uh, get in, in that way from having their own health issues. Yeah, but absolutely. by the time I was 20, 21, um, I was having stomach aches to the point where like I would be curled up in a ball on my bed and like not wanting to socialize and being bloated and uncomfortable and just pretty miserable, um, really. And I knew that, you know, at that age that I shouldn't have been feeling that way. And I would go to doctors and really get, you know, we don't know what's wrong with you or there's nothing really wrong with you, but here, take this. It might make you feel better. And I just wasn't in a place physically where I could settle for those answers. I wouldn't, wasn't willing to keep feeling that way. And it was really inhibiting a lot of different areas in my life. I, you know, had a lot of anxiety um, and really started to struggle because I wasn't feeling good most of the time. So low energy and just really not feeling my best. And so I started to explore. I went to a nutritionist and very soon realized that nutrition is not just for weight loss and that it really influences how you feel on a daily basis and how customized it can be. Um, and so once I started feeling better, I still, you know, it's been a 10 year journey since, since that point where I really, um, went through a lot of functional medicine doctors mm -hmm. and went to naturopathic doctors and acupuncturists and really explored that whole world and started working as a nutritionist because I saw how incredibly powerful it is to be able to support other people with that. And because it changed my life. Yeah. Um, I would say probably you know, last couple of years, I've recognized what a big role stress has played in my digestive, um, digestive issues. And so I was doing all the right things. I was cutting all, out all the foods. And, you know, I got to a point where I eventually did the SIBO diet last yeah. year. And it was so intense and so restrictive that I finally understood what it meant to be on a restrictive diet and never want to be on a diet again. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I understood what my clients were going through and I started to explore more of the realm of eating psychology. So I had a lot of clients who were feeling better, but they still weren't happy. Like there was still something missing. And even though they'd lose the weight, they would still not be confident. And there were still pieces missing. What they truly wanted to feel was feel better emotionally and physically. Right. And so I started exploring eating psychology coaching and intuitive eating and started to recognize that there's this whole emotional realm to eating. You know, we've got this scientific realm and even though these women knew what to eat or they knew what was healthy, I mean, most people know that when they're eating, you know, processed food that it's not healthy, but why is it that they're not able to stick with those choices? Why is it that they feel so confused all the time? And that really is this emotional body of work um, with the eating psychology piece of things. So what I found for myself is um, there were areas in my life that I felt really unfulfilled. And when you feel unfulfilled, you oftentimes fill up with food. Hmm. Um, and it's a very interesting dynamic. You know, it doesn't have to be to the extent of an eating disorder. It can just be everyday emotional eating, eating more than you normally want to, or eating foods that no, don't feel good for you, but you eat them anyways. Uh, just having this, we all have a relationship with food. Right. And as I started to, I kind of hit rock bottom emotionally in my life and I just felt really unfulfilled and it 
pushed me to make a lot of changes. And so I dove into meditation and gratitude practice and affirmations and went to workshops and read books and just became a completely different human being. I'm so much happier now. And it directly translated to better nutrition and losing weight and this completely different relationship with food. That's a, an amazing and very similar story to mine. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I'm interested in that you spent years kind of trying to diagnose the problem. And it sounds like what you really came up with is once you started to get more in tune with, you know, your spirituality, more emotionally stable to stress less, then your problems started to go away. You started to become more comfortable with where you were mm -hmm. with your body, things like that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of work that in the Western world we don't talk about, but we store different energy in our body. And there's a book by Louise Hay called You Can Heal Your Life. And essentially, energetically, a lot of physical illness comes from emotional pain, emotional wounding, um, or stress, or um, unhappiness. It, it, there's this direct correlation, this mind-body um, piece that we know exists, but we just don't address it um, in, in the Western world, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's really remarkable because, you know, like I said, I have a very similar story. And, and just over the last couple of years, uh, because I had a lot of uh, digestive issues growing up, I had what I ended up diagnosing as H. pylori and mm. a lot of tons of food sensitivities. And so I, I had established a diagnosis. I had established that gluten and dairy weren't for me. And that was the impetus for me to really get into nutrition coaching. Mm. I've talked about this before um, for those listening, but it also made me become the type of coach that's overly dogmatic about, you know, nutrition practices, suggesting that what was working for me at the time was you know, the solution to everyone, right? Mm. Avoid gluten, avoid dairy. Um, everyone needs to do functional medicine testing, blah, blah, blah. And it's, like I said, it's just been working my way out of that kind of overly dogmatic coaching practice uh, years and years. And then over just the last couple of years, really starting to get comfortable with just where I am, you know, what uh, my body wants and needs and my training practices and my digestion and what foods I, I can and can't have. But the, it seems like the more comfortable we are, the more emotionally stable we are, sort of almost the better we do with everything. Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know if that's something that you've noticed or not with your clients in terms of like food sensitivities and gut issues and brain health and all of those types of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, my journey really, as far as like understanding the physical um, elements and understanding the root cause is really powerful because, you know, without knowing that um, it can be, you know, really confusing. And, and I think that there's a lot of value to that. Um, what I found with my clients is once they started to implement this style of coaching of really helping them to get in tune with their body and there's very specific exercises that we do and protocols. So it's not just this like, Oh, feel what your body feels like. It's really, totally. um, techniques that, that work. And I had clients starting to see results 
in a month that would usually take three months. And because they were able to apply the tools that I was giving them, because before there were so many mindset blocks that didn't even allow them to, to do the work to, to make the changes before. And yeah. yeah, the results have been, have been really amazing and so much more fulfilling. When I said that I felt kind of unfulfilled before I, you know, I had my own nutrition practice. I was working for myself. I was doing really well. I, um, had a lot of clients. I was making good money. And, you know, most people would look at that and be like, you know, how could you not be happy? You developed mm -hmm. a career about something you're passionate about. And I felt like there was a deeper level of work that I was meant to be doing and that would create more of a transformation. So people talk about nutrition being lifestyle changes. It is. And there's something deeper than that. And really seeing women starting to be kinder to themselves, to love themselves more, to feel more confident, to not be thinking about food all the time. So a lot of women come to me now and they're tired of dieting. They can't solve restrictions anymore because they've done it for so long. They know it only lasts short term that it doesn't work. Yeah. So it's very disheartening. They feel really depleted. They feel stuck. Um, they feel defeated, really, like I don't have any other options because I've tried these diets and they work for a little bit or they don't work. And now my body's, my metabolism's all over the place. So yeah. Um, when, yeah, when they come to, to this style of work, it, it's, I mean, every single food choice that we make starts in our mind. So if we don't work on the mind and we just work on the facts and, and here's what to eat, here's what not to eat, then we miss, or it's a really big gap that we're missing. You know, especially because we tell ourselves something about what it is that we're eating. For example, if we're eating something that in, we feel like or have been told, oh, this is bad for you. You shouldn't be eating this. Mm -hmm. And then we're replaying that in our mind and it's affecting our physiology. And then all of a sudden we're getting, possibly getting a physiological response when, you know, it, it may not necessarily be the food, but our perception of the food. You know, there's, there's two spectrums. There's like this, on the one hand, it's, it's people who like have no idea how food is affecting them, have no idea why they're sick all the time and just kind of unaware. Mm -hmm. And then there's people on the other side, it's act, there's a term for it, orthorexia, where yeah. we get too, too fixated on every single thing that I put in my mouth. If it's not organic, if it, if it's not, you know, perfectly by the books, then it's going to like, I'm, I'm going to get sick right away. And so that can be a slippery slope as well. Um, and even emotionally, if you feel like a food is going in your mind, if you say, okay, this food, I know, I know I'm going to get sick. Well, the fear around food, um, either the fear that it's going to make you gain weight or the fear that it's going to give you a stomach ache, um, that alone can trigger a physiological response. Now we still want to honor, you know, what works for our bodies. And I know certain foods don't work for me and I still honor that. Um, but I'm not dogmatic. I'm not saying I will never ever touch that or I will never ever eat that because that perfectionist model doesn't work for most people. So <clears throat> what are some of the limiting beliefs that you encounter with the majority of your, of your clients? Some of the things that you know, like you said, I mean, we all know what we're supposed to be eating. We all know what healthier food options are. So why, why do we tend to choose things? Why do we sometimes go out of our way to choose things that aren't necessarily right for us or our goals? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where we start to look at ourselves as dynamic human beings, right? So um, if we were just robots and we followed like the rules, that would be easy, but we have um, stuff going on in our lives, in our careers, with our family. Um, We have financial stuff going on and um, we're emotional beings. So first it's checking in with, you know, am I actually hungry right now? And there is a whole hunger scale that we check in and see like what level of hunger and just getting in touch with your body's cues. And then the second is if I'm not hungry right now, then what am I feeling? What else is going on for me? Um, am I tired? Did I, did I, am I just exhausted? Did I wait too long to eat? Um, am I lonely? Am I bored? Am I stressed? Like these are all things that are part of our everyday life. And, and when we're not addressing those things, we often default to cravings, uh, feel like we have lack of willpower, overeating, we're, we're trying to fill the void in that way um, with food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's, there's the, the emotional factors that, that get in the way uh, with that. There's also a conversation about worthiness. So um, some, you know, some people, you know, feel like, or even trusting yourself. So basically like, um, you know, I failed so many times before. So, you know, I, I, I don't trust myself to stick with this plan. Like I can only do it for so long. So there's, there's some personal trust stuff. Um, there's worthiness of, um, even, you know, what if it, what would it be like for me to feel healthy every day and feel great every day, then there'd be nothing wrong with me. Right. And we kind of get into this thing where we, we have this attachment to like always having to fix something. Interesting. And, and then I imagine, yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's definitely like a self-sabotage element as well. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of what would it mean or how would my life change if, if I did get healthy how would that, you know, change the dynamic of my relationships of the people that I hang out with of my significant other? How would they Mm -hmm. feel about me? Would they, would there be resentment or, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, anytime we change as humans, um, anytime we start to make changes, sometimes it is uncomfortable for other people. And, and there's this like feeling of that we, we want to relate to everyone else. We want to be on good terms with everyone. And anytime we change our identity in any way, whether it's with our food or, um, you know, anywhere else in our life, there's sometimes resistance. But a good example of this is even, you know, if someone has been following like a strict paleo diet or a strict vegan diet, what we often do, that becomes our identity. And it's yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't eat those foods. And then it's almost like, we feel like we're disappointing ourselves or we feel like we're, we're, we're lying or we're not like, we're not being, yeah, we, we put ourselves into these boxes and then if we go out of them, then that's a complete identity change. And when we put ourselves in those boxes, we're really not honoring our body because throughout our life and throughout different situations, we're going to need to eat differently. You know, a woman who is pregnant or a woman who is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, an athlete or a woman who, goes, um, you know, is a busy mom is going to be different to when, you know, before she had kids, like there's all these different phases of life. Um, and if we stick ourselves in these boxes, then we really are not listening to our body and what it needs. Are there some specific tools that you use to help women get comfortable with where they are in their, you know, with their body, where they are in their life, where they are in their nutrition journey? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it really comes down to like the voice inside of our head. So we call it the ego, which is kind of where we get kind of into the spirituality piece of things. And it's like, um, when you eat a food that maybe isn't healthy or isn't good for you, what is the self-talk after that? So when we start to go, okay, I ate that food. Um, I don't know. I like to use cookies as an example because that's my favorite. So um, it's like when I eat the cookie, um, it's not the cookie itself that makes you gain weight. It's the thought process and the guilt process afterwards. So we we eat the cookie or maybe it goes this way. We're upset about something. Mm -hmm. Then we eat the cookie. And then after that, why did I eat that? Um, I should have eaten that. I have no self-control. What's wrong with you? This is why you gain weight, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then that makes us feel sad and upset and like not empowered. So then we're like, well, I already ate one. So I might as well continue eating that. Right. I already blew it. So yeah, I already blew it. So might as well. And then that usually leads to making more choices that are not self-honoring. So if we were to just eat the cookie and enjoy it and really allow ourselves to eat it, like that one cookie isn't really the problem. It's this negative guilt cycle. And we as humans are wired to have make change through positive reinforcement. So uh, we think that we're, we're um, setting ourselves up for success by putting all these rules on ourselves and telling mm-hmm. ourselves like that we, like when we're hard on ourselves, we think it's actually helping us, but it just holds us back. It keeps us stuck. And so this is where the interesting balance between like intuitive eating, eating psychology and clinical nutrition come in because I do want people to still see results. And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot of, practitioners who just do intuitive eating and they see really great results as well. Um, but this is where the, the balance comes in is how do we still honor our body um, health wise and create a healthier relationship with food at the same time. So it's a, it's kind of a delicate balance. Um, but as far as, you know, body image work um, there's, there's so much that we do. We do um, a lot of, I have some journaling assignments to help women get in touch with like, where did this, um, view of their own body start from? Like when was the first time that they started focusing on their weight? Um, you know, did they have a parent or a sibling or someone who was, you know, dieting all the time? Did, was there anyone who ever said anything to them about their weight? And so we start to unravel, like really recognizing how, how we got to where we are Mm -hmm. today. And it's not about like saying you have to love every part of your body, but we can't make changes to our body. Our body holds on when we're stressed. If, we, if we're able to accept where we are, accept like, hey, I know I want to make changes. I know that there's room for growth, but like I'm not being mean to my body on a daily basis. I'm not saying mean things because that's not encouraging to make changes right. too. So it's really a lot of that, the self-talk that, that makes a big difference. I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine that there's many women that haven't been influenced from a very young age, especially in our culture. I mean, I know growing up, I have two younger sisters and, you know, my mother, I love her to death, but she was really hard on them, you know, being a little overweight and always judging and always Mm -hmm. making comments. And it's, it's not necessarily her fault. I mean, it came from her, you know, her parents on her as well, but, you know, so that's something that I, you know, noticed with them, but I'm sure they started to identify with at a very young age that Mm -hmm. has plagued them to a degree you know, mm-hmm. throughout their life. And so I imagine this is something that you have to help women get in touch with. What are some of the steps to 
identify it and kind of unravel that? Yeah. So um, part of it is just acknowledging that you're doing it. Um, the the piece about like meditation practice or, or mindfulness practice is starting to identify what thoughts are yours, like what what what's real, what's happening right now, and what thought or what thoughts are we grabbing onto that are negative that aren't really mm-hmm. serving us. Because before we can separate the two, before we recognize like, that we are not our thoughts. Um, Every time we say something mean to ourselves, we can't even stop. We can't even um, make a change because we don't even acknowledge that we're doing it. So first is really becoming aware of like, what, what are we saying to ourselves? How often, how much mind space is that taking up? Uh, that really is first part is awareness. Um, and then there are some other practices that we're basically repatterning or retraining the brain. Um, it's all a lot of subconscious mind stuff that's just on autopilot. And so we've got to like acknowledge what is on autopilot and then really start to change those thought patterns essentially, or start to acknowledge that they're not serving us and and replace them with new thought patterns. And it's a lot more complex than just saying nice things to yourself in the mirror, right? Um, it, It goes deeper than that. I will say one of the things that I've found to be most helpful is when we have a group of women who get together, a lot of women and and work together in a group Mm -hmm. setting. So a lot of women really go through this journey feeling like they're alone. They don't want to talk about it. It's embarrassing. Um, They, they really, it it is a sense of isolation, which is crazy because I would say, you know, most women are thinking the same things and feeling the same things, but just not talking about it. So we've become a lot less connected as a culture and we're talking about a lot more surface level things. And these are the things that women are thinking about on a daily basis and they can't even talk to anyone about Mm -hmm. it. So bringing women together in a group is really empowering to, to really learn from each other and see see what challenges other women have gone through are very similar and then seeing what has helped them to, to make that shift or working together to, to make that shift. Yeah, yeah. I can see that being extremely valuable and every single coach that I talk to and every single coach that I have on the show, you know, makes it a point to talk about the, um, the value in having a community with their clients. And so, especially for women, especially for women struggling with their weight, that I can, I can only imagine that would be incredible for them, you know, but also like with the things that we're subjected to on a daily basis, especially social media and the perception that there's so much, you know, perfection going on, right. As we scroll through our, our Facebook and our Instagram feeds and, and not seeing that, you know, that, the bottom of the iceberg. And so having opportunities for people to have real world experiences, because obviously social media is not real world. But with that said, how would you kind of speak to a young woman about the influences that she experiences on a daily basis with things like social media and how to navigate that minefield. Yeah, so powerful. So a few things come to mind. One of the the things that's really important to understand is that um, what are the things that influence our thoughts on a daily basis? And there's this, um, I wish I had a whiteboard for it, but I'm going to just explain it because it's pretty clear. So um, in order to change our thoughts, we have to change our environments. The, the Every input, the same way that we put food in our mouth, we put thoughts in our brain or we put information into our brain. So what are we feeding our brain on a daily basis? Now, that doesn't mean, you know, cut off all social media and whatever it is, but it's just starting to become aware of your environment. So different environments and this, this gets, you know, 
an environment could be your social media. It could be your physical environment of where you live. It could be the people that you surround yourself by. It could be the yeah. music that you listen to, the, the media that you watch. And so we start to look at, okay, what, what is serving me? What's not serving me? And um, as we start to talk about like, hey, like that really is a perfection reel. Like you don't know what that person is feeling. Or, you know, there's some, some really overweight women who are really happy and, and joyful and they're not you know, they're not as concerned about their weight. And then there's some women who are, you know, very thin and still very self-conscious and really unhappy, but you won't, you don't see that behind the screen. Right. Exactly. So just acknowledging that, that we never know what's going on in someone else's world and it might seem some way, but you know, they might be struggling with something too. So I do have people go through their social media feed and go through and delete things that are not serving them. Um, if you're looking at something and it is, making you feel bad or you feel like you're comparing yourself constantly, like that's not going to help you with your goals. And it's, it's not, it, yeah, it's not going to help you move forward. So we do start to filter things out like that, um, that are, that are not really serving, serving them and, and surrounding yourself by positive people. So this is where the community comes in is if you're surrounding yourself with people who are constantly talking about their weight or constantly talking about how, how, um, you know, they, they need to go on the next diet and whatever it is, it's not, um, it might not be the most positive, positive environment for you to really make these, these lifestyle changes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's really good. That's really good tips. I think it would be a great idea. I mean, I found myself recently just going through and deleting, you know, some of the random, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like all the Instagram ass shots, like mm -hmm. how many, how many times can you take a picture of your butt on <laughs> right. Instagram and post it? It's like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's also important to recognize like some of these people who are, you know, are in amazing shape, like they might be spending like four plus hours at the gym, right. Or, or more than that. And the sustainability of that, if we're looking for like, how am I going to do something that feels good? Um, and that still gets me results, but like is, is, realistically attainable, um, then we've got to really take into account that a lot of these people like they're, it's not real life. It's not what most people can do tangibly on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and just acknowledging that, uh, what are maybe one or two failures that you've had in your career, in your journey that have set you up for success? Um, I'll probably, I'll share, um, more so like my, my personal world, like what has really had me like what cracked me open, what had me hit kind of rock bottom. And, um, essentially I was just kind of going through the motions and, um, I was not really clear on, on making, doing the things that I love to do and doing them for the right reasons. So I was always worried about disappointing other people or, um, you know, uh, hurting other people or letting other people down. It's, it's very much people pleasing, which is a lot of what I talk about with my clients, people pleasing and perfectionism are two, two areas. Um, and, um, really got to a place where, because I was so out of alignment with what my truth was, and, um, I was so out of alignment with, um, every day I was just going through the motions and not doing what, what, what I love to do. And, um, I kind of hit that place where I realized that like my happiness was determined by like my own 
by me, it can't rely on everything outside of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once I started to realize that like I was the one who could make those changes and I was the one who could shift was really when, um, I, I started to look for these tools to help me. So, um, failure would be like failing to listen to my intuition when I knew something like, um, wasn't working for me, but still doing it because I thought I should do it or because, you know, I had other expectations. I didn't want to disappoint people. Not listening to my intuition is probably the biggest, I wouldn't call it a failure. I don't, you know, I like the word failure, but it's like either you, you succeed or you learn something from it. Right. So, um, but I would say, say that, um, piece has been the biggest is like listening to your intuition, listening to that gut feeling, um, honoring what it is and setting healthy boundaries. That has been, um, the thing that has taught me the most really. That's a pretty powerful one. And, you know, I think we all have to go through our own journey, um, and kind of identify Mm -hmm. with who we are and help, you know, and, and use those experiences, um, to fail forward. Right. And Mm -hmm. it helps us develop empathy so that we can understand where our clients are coming from and the more life experience we have, likely the better that we can relate to Mm -hmm. certain types of clients and and understand what they're feeling and going through. And so I think that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And when you do finally start to listen to that intuition and really start to listen to um, your, your own truth, not what everyone else wants from you. So we have like all these expectations from society that, you know, that, that we, we fall into and we get so far away from who we actually are and what our unique gifts are. We start to mold to what everyone else is doing and we lose ourselves and we get lost. Yeah. And so when we, when we do that, it's a lot of energy expenditure outwards and it's a lot of um, where, where, you know, stress and anxiety and depression come from when we're so lost from our, our center. And what I found is coming back to that or learning how to connect with that, like my energy levels, I have never had such good energy before. And it's not because I'm doing some superfood, you know, <laughs> supplement. It's really this just innate um, energy that comes from within. Yeah. Um, I was tired all the time and, um, you know, I was doing all, all the things I was supposed to do, but it was really about um, coming back to what feels good to me, what stop focusing on all the things that like other, you know, that I'm expected to do. And, and it's okay to say no sometimes too. So for, for everyone listening, that is really resonating with, you know, what you're talking about, what are one or two resources or people that you've learned from that you would suggest other people follow, read, mm-hmm. watch? Like yeah. That? Um, one of my favorite spiritual coaches, um, uh, her name's Gabrielle Bernstein. And she makes spirituality accessible to the modern young adult woman or to not even young adults, to, to women, um, just gives like a really great link. And she has um, lots of online resources, meditations. Um, that, that's, that's someone that I, I really admire and who is, is really helping to bridge that gap between the you know, woo-woo spirituality, things that people can't actually connect to, at least to start with. Um, and really, uh, apply it to tangible things. You know, she was someone who overcame drug addiction, who overcame, um, her own personal, personal challenges and really built herself back up. And it, you know, for people, some people it's food, for some people it's drug, for some people it's alcohol, whatever it is, we all have these different areas when we feel disconnected that we go towards. And so she's been a, a really wonderful teacher for me. Um, 
Another resource that I love um, that I've been using on a daily basis is the meditation app called Insight Timer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had looked for a really long time for guided meditations and you know, I'd start to play one on YouTube and I don't like their voice or it was like not something that I connected with and it was really hard to find those resources and Insight Timer has thousands of guided meditations. Uh, There's a community element to it. So I have some of my clients who are on there and I see when they meditate, um, you know, I'm not counting points. It's really about supporting each other. Um, And then you try, it tracks how often you're meditating and gives you, um, like some goals to set towards. So that's been uh, what's helped me the most to get into a regular meditation practice. Nice. That's a good one. I haven't heard of that one. I've been using Headspace for quite Mm -hmm. some time, which that works for me and for a lot of clients, just 10 minutes, you know. It's a great, it's a great starting point for sure. And the nice thing about Insight Timer too is like you could do a five minute meditation, you could do a 10 minute meditation. There's all these different, um, yeah, all these different, options for for types of meditations and times and i do want to touch really quickly on what meditation uh to me means it is definitely this mindfulness practice but it's taking that quiet time um again how i said like we're always doing things for other people or or paying attention to the outside world we're very spending very very little time with our inner guide the 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 part of us that knows what's true for us, the part of us that knows what's right for us. And unless we sit and and spend even five minutes a day with ourselves, then we're constantly going to be doing things for other people. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, that's absolutely true. And it's easy to get lost in the shuffle and the the grind and the hustle, if you will, and completely lose, lose ourself in all of that stuff. So I know myself and you know, majority of my clients have found tremendous value in just carving out five or 10 minutes because, and then once you start to do it, you know, it starts to become a habit and then you, you really start to see the value in it. Um, but especially being able to calm down, especially being able to manage stress, be able to breathe, oxygenate the body is so many, you know, physiological benefits to say nothing of, mm-hmm. you know, mental and emotional benefits. And I would say, I mean, I've seen this with myself and all my clients, um, first thing in the morning and yeah. there, there's no right way to meditate. And, you know, if, if you can get it in at lunchtime on a break or bef- on your transition from home, from work to home is a really nice time to do it. But the mornings, and there's so many coaches who talk about this, but I, I can't say it more than more, more times, but it's like, if you don't set that time for yourself in the morning, if your first thing that you do is check your email, if the first yeah. thing that you do is, is respond to the world, you, you're not going to make time for yourself. Um, and the, the way that you start the morning sets the tone for your day. Um, and, and whether it is just a breathing practice or five minutes of meditation or journaling or, you know, going for a walk outside in nature, like those are all different ways to connect. It doesn't have to be one, one way, but whatever you're doing is, is starting with it first thing in the morning is, is really powerful. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I'd recommend. And so for everyone that is just eating up uh, what you're talking about and wants to find out more about you, Amy, where can they go? Yeah. So um, there's a really, you're catching me at a really, really exciting time in my life and in my business and in, in a transition space. So um, the the new website will be up by the time this podcast is, is launched. So it is uh, spiritualnutritionist.com. And um, you can find me on Instagram at spiritual nutritionist and 
I, my, my nutrition business up until now um, has been Nourished Balance. So um, nourishedbalance.com will still be there. There's lots of great blogs and recipes and nutrition advice on there. Um, but really this, this piece, Spiritual Nutritionist, is, is growing and launching from here. Um, and essentially what it entails is workshops, retreats, uh, a tribe, a community to connect with, and then group coaching programs uh, is really where, where things are at right now. And just really quick, I just uh, touch on your group coaching program for everyone that might be interested. Yeah, I would love to do that. So um, the group coaching program is a 12-week program called Fully Nourished. And so um, I can't not smile when I say it because it's really exciting. So there's three parts to Fully Nourished, three pillars. The first one is Nourish Your Body. And Nourish Your Body is really the nutrition. It's um, meal prepping. It's understanding what foods work for your body. It is uh, getting away from the fear of, I don't know what to eat. Like that, that totally goes out the window when we go through this section. So nourish your body, what to eat at restaurants, etc. The second piece is nourish your mind. This is where a lot of the mindset stuff, relationship with food, um, uh, self-talk, willpower, cravings, all that type of stuff comes in um, here in the nourish your mind section. And then the third section is called follow your heart. So um, follow your heart is really something that when people have been struggling with health issues or when people have been struggling with weight for so long, um, there are things that they hold back from doing. They might, you know, be in a career right now that is not serving them or be in a relationship that's not serving them or, um, maybe they've been wanting to travel for a really long time and just like haven't felt comfortable doing that, haven't trusted themselves enough, whatever it is that um, it is. And a lot of people don't know what that is because they're not used to asking themselves, what is it that I want? Right. We're so, we have spent so much time thinking about how sick we are or how we have to fix ourselves that we don't even know what we want. So the, the, the program is a 12 week program and each month we go through one of those pillars so nourish your body, nourish your mind, follow your heart. And um, yeah, the, it, it's an online program. I have a maximum of 10, 10 women per group and it's a really, really powerful experience. Yeah. Sounds amazing. So if you are listening and you feel like what Amy's saying resonates with you and you feel like you want to find out more about her program or you're ready to enroll, just pull over the car right now. Just stop what you're doing and go to spiritualnutritionist.com and get on the wait list for her group coaching program. Uh, with that said, Amy, I have one last question for you that I've started to ask all of my guests mm. and basic nutrition question. If you could only eat one meal, okay, for breakfast, lunch, dinner for the rest of your life, not ideal, but let's just say that this was the case. What would that meal entail? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, for the rest of my life. Um, you know, that's such an interesting question because um, my palate has changed so much over the years. And, you know, what I used to feel like was was something that I couldn't live without is now like totally, totally different. I mean, if you asked me that like a few years ago, it's probably be like a homemade macaroni and cheese or something like that, you know? Um, but now uh, for me, it's really um, 
something really fresh with with high quality ingredients it could be like a really amazing beautiful piece of of salmon um, with these like roasted vegetables that are cooked with herbs and in coconut oil or olive oil or you know just really fresh um fresh flavors is is what i would what i would love so yeah probably a fresh piece of fish and some really delicious uh, roasted vegetables would would be mine which i never thought i would say it would be a last last meal but yeah cool so we'll come back to this in in a year or two and we'll, we'll see where you're at with that and then anyways so amy it's been an absolute pleasure and honor having you on the smart nutrition made simple show uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your honesty, your authenticity, your passion. And uh, I'm just excited to be able to share your message with the world. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, thank you. I, it's been a pleasure. And I've really enjoyed being on the show. And I really look forward to uh, being able to serve your community um, with this information and this new way of thinking. Well, I know it'll, it'll be extremely valuable for them. And so we will uh, talk soon. I'll see you in Scottsdale next week. All right. Sounds good. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Amy Pamensky. If you want to find any of the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find those links over in the show notes at bslnutrition.com forward slash episode 44. That's episode 44. And hey, don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review in iTunes so that we can help more people make smart nutrition simple. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's your first time or you've been following us now for, what, close to a year now, uh, seeing as we're episode 44. But regardless of which episode it is for you, I want to thank you genuinely from the bottom of my heart. This is an absolute honor and privilege for me to be able to interview experts in the field of health and wellness every single week. Uh, it's an ongoing learning opportunity for me, and I just feel privileged to be able to share that with you. And so if you have any feedback for me, then just do me a favor and email me personally, ben at bslnutrition.com. I'd love to hear from you, whether it's uh, guests that you want to see on the show, information that you'd love to learn more about, or maybe it's uh, you know, a soul around, something that I can offer some insight into or some questions that I can answer for you. Anyways, thanks again, and I'll catch you next week. This episode was brought to you by BSL Nutrition and the Complete Essentials All-in-One Training Drink. If you've been looking for a comprehensive workout supplement that can help support great energy both in and around your workouts as well as reduce muscle soreness naturally without all the caffeine and artificial sweeteners, then head over to bslnutritionshop.com and type in podcast at checkout for 15% off your first purchase of either grape and or lemon lime. <music>